Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Wherever you're at in this world, whatever situation that uh, you find yourself in this world, we just want you to know that God is on the throne and uh, we're so excited that you've tapped into and uh, listening to or watching this, uh, this service because the next few moments, I believe, can be life-changing. I, I, I'm really big on being in the now. I'm big on being in the now because that's where faith is. In Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is, not tomorrow, not yesterday. It's the one dimension that we live in. We don't live yesterday. We can't live tomorrow because we're not there yet but we can live in the now. So the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So what, what is your hope as you're listening to this message? I really want you to tune in and, and concentrate and be part of it. If you're watching online or if you're here, you, you can watch online. You can push pause. You can push rewind if you happen to be like me and find yourself daydreaming a lot. Anybody like that other than me? I'll start reading a book. I've got about five books that I've been reading, and uh, I, get into, <laughs> I get into a book, and I find myself thinking about something else, and it's like, oh, I forgot to do whatever, and I'll get up, and then I've got to come back and start reading again, and where was I? Then I've got to start back at the beginning because I don't even remember. I'm a daydreamer. How about you? And so it's really important that, that we really dial into the now. Have you ever seen somebody not acting their age? <laughs> Have you ever seen somebody that, you know, grown up and they should be acting more mature than, than what they are, but they don't act their age? And <laughs> they're acting like a child. And usually, if it's me doing this, it's usually my wife that, pulls me up and says something like, would you grow up? <laughs> For goodness sakes, like, at your age. <laughs> and I'm like, guilty. But there's something about growing up spiritually. We tend to emphasize the spiritual part of that because it really, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't leave us account all that accountable. Oh, it's in the spirit. Well, what exactly is that? How, how do you measure that? We hear a lot about growing spiritually, but very little about maturing mentally. We hear a lot about shouting and singing and dancing, and, and all of that's good. I, I love it as much as anybody. I'll, I'll shout. I'll, I'll get on the chairs and dance. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm all in when it comes to the spiritual things of God. But so much of life and so much of what's missing in life, in fact, uh, our lack of success in living isn't just because of the spiritual stuff, it's because of the mental or the thought stuff. That we don't live right because we don't think right. And a lot of us don't like that because that's a challenge. It's, it's, it's there and it's more tangible. You can see it. Somebody else can point it out. And you're more accountable when it comes to growing up mentally. The Bible has a lot to say about that. In fact, we'll have a look at 1 Corinthians 13. And this is such a great chapter. I encourage you to read the whole thing. But in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul issues a challenge right in there. It's a great love chapter. And he issues this challenge in verse 11. Verse 11. 
He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Based on the person that you see in God's Word, or even the person that you see in the mirror when you look in the mirror, and you see your chronological self, how should that person think? How should that person act? How should that person reason? I, I see people that are my age, and they're still acting the fool, like not just having a bit of fun at a party. I'm not talking about that, but it's just they just walk through life playing the fool or acting, not acting their age. Based upon the person that you see in God's Word, and, and I love God's Word because it says it's a mirror, looking, beholding is in a mirror. Based on the person that you see in that mirror, are you acting that or are you acting something else? Are you thinking according to that or are you thinking according to something else? That's well, a challenge this morning. I know that. It's awfully quiet in this church this morning. There's no shouting going on. <laughs> and Paul said, when I was a child, I, I thought like a child. Isn't it something to see a grown man thinking like a child, talking like a child, have the, the reasoning of a child? But when I became a man or mature, not just gender, put away childish things. And that's where we're going to go this morning. In fact, I've called this morning's message, Kings and Kids. Kings and Kids. And I think as we unpack this, I think you'll understand more about what that means. But God says to Isaiah, he says, come, let us reason together. I like the word reason. It means the power of the mind to think understand and the form judgments logically. To think, understand, and to form judgments logically. Have you ever tried to reason with a child? You know, it doesn't really go very far, does it? In fact, uh, throw that video up. Just some of you may have seen this. Uh, we won't show all of it, but if that's handy, go ahead and put that up there. Lily. I just watched you touch Jude's food. I don't want to it. Yes, you did. I can't want to it. You touched Jude's food. No, I'm not touching the food. Yes, you did touch the food. No, I'm not touching the food. Did you touch Jude's food? No, yes. I'm not touching the food. You touched Jude's food. I just watched you. Do it. I don't Yes, you did touch his food. No, no, I didn't touch his food. You touched his food. No, I didn't touch his food. Were you playing in Jude's food? I didn't touch his food. I didn't touch his food. You touched the food. No, I didn't touch his food. You did touch the food. No. I can watch okay. that whole thing. <laughs> kind of there, but uh, you know, the conversation goes on, and 
And I think in some ways it's a little bit like a lot of people that, you know, call us Christians or Christ followers. It's about as far as we get with God. And God wants a conversation. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's good to get, get up and cheer and shout and, and, and you know, get exuberant. I'm, I'm all in with that. But how about having a conversation with God? You have to grow up. And we can't stay where we're at mentally, I'm talking about. And it's not just our chronological age. It's where we're at spiritually with God. And our mouth tells us out. You can listen to a child go on and you can get, that's a, that's a kid. Uh, but, but, but there's something about that's not appealing uh, about an adult or somebody that's been following Jesus for any number of years. And they still got a gossip problem. They're still uh, telling lies. Uh, you know, their mouth is still telling dirty jokes. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're carnal, the Bible says. And there's something about that. Now, William Temple, who you may not know, but he was the Bishop of Canterbury. He said this. He said, unbelievers and believers talk about the same thing. Is that true? Unbelievers and believers talk about the same thing. Do unbelievers talk about money? Not a trick question. Of course they do. Do Christ followers or believers talk about money? Absolutely. Do unbelievers talk about marriage? Do believers talk about marriage? You guys think I'm tr tricking you somehow. You can yell it out. It's, this is not a trick question. The answer is yes to everything. <laughs> do unbelievers talk about sex? Do believers talk about sex? Kind of quiet on that one. Do unbelievers talk about power? Do believers talk about power? You see, we talk about the same thing, but it's how we talk about it. It's, it's our view on marriage. It's our, it's our view on power. It's our view on money. It's our, our, our view on all of these things. We talk about the same things, but it's how we talk about them that distinguishes something. And if you see a believer and they're talking about sex and marriage and power and money, the same as a non-believer does in every area, then, then you got a question. Why are you still a child? Why don't you grow up? And it's a very important subject, yet it's one, like I said, that we, do, we just don't want to talk all that much about it because it's kind of like convicting, uh, acting like Jesus, thinking like Jesus, and, and, and looking in the mirror and realizing it's not just singing and shouting, but we're called to, to think like a king. In fact, most of the problems that we have come from immature thinking. It's not so much the devil attacking you and spiritual attacks. And like I said, it's easy to just put it off onto that so that we don't have to change. We don't have to be accountable to anything. But most of the problems that I see people have is from immature thinking. And it's growing up spiritually, yes, but mentally as well. So that we're not just singing about shouting and, and all of that, but we can have a conversation with God because higher thinking leads to higher reasoning. And higher reasoning leads to higher conversation. And a higher conversation with God and with each other, I might add as well, leads to a higher way of life. Now, I'm all for having fun and 
You know, I like to have fun. That's why I call this message uh, um, Kings and Kids, because there's a kid in me as well. We're, we're going to get to that hopefully before the end of this message or next week. But uh, living like Jesus comes from thinking like Jesus. The quality of your thinking will determine the quality of your life. John 15, 7, he says this. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. I mean, isn't that amazing? Here's the, here's the qualification to something absolutely amazing. People go, well, I just don't see the results of what Jesus you know, promised in the Bible. I, I just don't see the fruit or, or the results of this. This is what, what he said. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you. That's not just a flippant, oh yeah, I, uh, I think like a child, I reason like a child, I talk like a child, and occasionally I'll say a prayer when I'm in church, and I just don't understand why I'm not getting the results. Because he said, I could ask whatever I want. If you remain in me, remain in me, <laughs> abide in me, and my words <laughs> abide in you. In other words, We've got some conversation. I'm not just talking to an immature little spoiled brat that's yelling uh, and, and denying everything. He's, he said, if, if you abide in me, remain in me, and my words abide in you. I, I could reframe that this way. We would have quite a good conversation when you begin to think like an adult and reason like an adult and talk like an adult, then God says, okay, come on in, let's, have, let's chat. We got something to chat about here because we're, we're on the same wavelength. Now, the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. Wow. What does the mind of Christ look like? It certainly isn't a child arguing, babbling on, denying things, and, and making no sense, a bunch of gibberish. The, the, the mind of Christ is kingdom-minded. The mind of Christ is thinking like a king. The mind of Christ is a, is a higher thought life and the ability to reason, the, the power to work out your world, the world around you. It's the, it's the power not just to talk about the same things that the world talks about. It's the ability to work out and to see God's take on power, God's take on money, God's take on sex, God's take on all the things that the world's talking about. God has a take on that based upon His Word, based upon His kingdom. And when you think like that, when you uh, think a higher way, you start to reason at a higher way, you start to have a conversation that's not of this world. And it's in that conversation, that's where I, I really want us to, to go this morning, it's in that conversation that faith starts to rise up because one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 10, 17, says, now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It says faith comes by hearing. And hearing, the ability to hear by the Word of God. When you're in a conversation with God, His Word is in you. You're abiding in Him. 
Your ears become sensitive to his voice. If you're not flowing in that, you're just listening to the news and listening to, you know, I don't know, Seinfeld or something, or, you know, all the time, blah, 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 blah. You're not, you're not thinking like God thinks. There's no reason like God reasoning. You don't have that conversation and faith has nowhere to go. It really is quite simple how this works. This is not complicated because we see it with each other in life all the time. I, I remember I had such a good time with, with our son growing up. You know, we played together. I, I came down to his level and, and played, you know, all kinds with toys and, and got his imagination going and, you know, kicked the ball around, did all that kind of fun stuff, you know, when he was little. But I, I remember thinking all the way through, I cannot wait until he comes of age and we can have a really good conversation about some things. How disappointing I would have been if he hit 18 or 21 or whatever, and, and he's still talking about, you know, flying around with Batman and Superman and, 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 and talking silly stuff. And, and how disappointing it must be for our Heavenly Father who wants to have a really good conversation with his kids, but he can't because they don't grow up. And they blame everything on the devil. <laughs> the devil's probably sitting back going, really? <laughs> and I get credit for everything, don't I? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even have to do that. These people are so immature, they don't even know how to carry on with each other, let alone with God. They can shout, they can dance, they go for the latest goose-bumpy thrill but they don't have a conversation with the one that could change everything in their life. The conversations with God, thinking like a king, is probably the most important thing. In fact, Hosea 4, 6 says this. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not money, not power, not love even. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now listen to what else he says. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Now the priesthood, it's another level. It's, it's, it's who we're called to be. Actually, it says in Revelations that we are a kingdom of priests, that we are to minister unto God. He wants to have that intimacy with each one of us, the, the conversations that he wants to have with us, but, but he can't because we won't let him. We don't grow up into that, that world. We're, we're full of sarcasm, cynicism, talking about everything but the goodness of God, talking about everybody that fell and, you know, all the faults of the church and on and on. God's like, man, I'd love to have a conversation with you, but you got to grow up. You're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I, I, well, I've rejected you as priest with me because there's no intimacy there because you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will, for, will forget your children or generations, we could say. People often talk about discipleship. And how do you make disciples? Well, here's the best and the easiest way. Grow up. Grow up. And everybody that comes within close proximity of you will have a conversation with you being a mature person. If we would just grow up, then people would want to be around us. They'd want to learn from what we've got. I think about world leaders and, and, and even the ones that don't know Jesus, they carry themselves differently 
Have you ever noticed that? I look at the greatest leaders in history, and they're not playing the fool. They walk differently. They talk differently. They carry themselves differently. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, when I became mature, I put away child, childish things. God wants to use us. He wants to use his church. He wants to use those that say that they are following him. He wants to use us to change the world. Do you get that? And if, and if we could just grow up and start to work on that as much as we do coming into an experience where we think that, you know, uh, God's going to do everything with a bunch of babies, that's not going to happen. It's a tough message this morning. I can feel it. It's a conversation that I thought, God, do I really want to go there with the whole, you know, we're in a series called Mind Your Own and deal with Dealing with Our Thinking. Do we really want to go there? It's like, go there. I think sometimes God gets a bit lonely because there's not a lot of us <laughs> that can have a conversation with him. So how important is knowledge? Oh, you know, knowledge. It's not that important. How important is, is it to know how to drive a car? How, how important is it if you get on an airplane, you're going to fly across the country or the world, how important is knowledge when it comes to these pilots that are flying the plane? <laughs> How important is knowledge? How important is knowledge when you hear the news that you've got to get some surgery? Maybe it's brain surgery. Well, it doesn't really matter that the surgeon doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yes, it does. It matters a lot. How important is knowledge when it comes to investing your money? How, how important is knowledge when you're thinking about dating and going out and meeting your lifelong partner. How, how important is knowledge in life? I think knowledge is really important, and yet as Christians we tend to discount that. We tend to go into the airy-fairy. Listen to Luke eleven fifty-two. 52. Woe to you lawyers, Jesus says, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You will not enter in yourselves, and those who are entering in, you hindered. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Believers and unbelievers think about the same things, but they think about things differently. Scripture challenges our thinking and introduces us to a much higher way of thinking, called to think like a king. So where does higher thinking come from? Well, the Bible identifies two realms. One is the spiritual realm, and certainly I don't discount that. This message, however, really isn't uh, uh, as much about that. We talk a lot about that, actually. But the Bible also talks about and identifies the physical, or we could call that the material realm. So way back, the beginning of all of us, in the human race. Just before that, God was in a place called earth in a garden, and he, he took dust, he took the matter, the material, and he merged that with the spiritual, and he formed man out of the dust of the earth, and he breathed his spirit into that dirt. And the physical 
and the spiritual came together and formed humanity. And the, and the world was an easy place. The word ease means this, it means without difficulty. Life was easy in the garden. I mean, how cool is that? Adam, got some more animals here. Uh, I'd like you to name a few more. Well, we're up to about a million now. It's okay, plenty of capacity. And they had the ability to do amazing things and to tend a garden that wasn't just a little garden. It was probably like something the size of, of all the continents put together. Like, this is an amazing place. And God's first man is walking through that garden, and woman comes out of him. And, and, and so we've got Adam and Eve, and their life is easy. There's nothing difficult about it. Work hadn't been invented yet. That came from the sweat of your brow, came with sin, and sin enters into the world. The devil says, hey, I think there's a better way. Have you ever thought about this? He gets them thinking in a way that's different from God about the material world. The spiritual world that he's in starts to merge and enters in and confuses and deceives the physical world that they're in and the harmony that they have with, with God gets disrupted. Sin enters the world. The Bible says whatever's not of faith is sin. In other words, whatever's not coming from the conversation of God but entering into another conversation, that's sin. It means to miss the mark. And so you've got Adam and Eve. You've got perfect harmony in the earth. The physical is created out of the spiritual. It says in John chapter 4, God is spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It says in uh, Hebrews, it says that the angels are ministering spirits. They too are part of the spirit realm. And the spirit realm is superior to the physical realm because the physical material realm was created out of the spiritual realm. So whether you believe it happened with a big bang or whatever, God spoke that into existence. This whole material world comes into existence out of the spiritual world, the unseen world. It says in Hebrews chapter 11 in uh, verse 3, it says that which is seen came from that which is unseen. We, by faith, we understand that. We understand that. It's getting our head around how this whole thing works. And so man fell. You know the story. They're in the garden. They get deceived. They eat of the fruit that they should not have eaten of, of the knowledge of good and evil. They only had knowledge of good. Life was good. Life was easy. There was harmony between the worlds, between physical and spiritual. There was harmony, harmony between them. And then they sin. So something called sin enters the world. And now there's not ease. There's dis-ease. Now physical beings become diseased. In other words, they're not functioning according to the order that God created. That perfect harmony has been disrupted and something called now disease enters the world. But it doesn't just enter their physical bodies. Disease enters their soul. 
your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, all of a sudden, that harmony that was there between the spiritual realm and the navigation equipment, if you will, which is their mind, the ability to name everything, the capacity which is unlimited, all of a sudden now that's disrupted with this thing called sin. There's not harmony. Now there's not ease. There's disease in the world. Oh, but God has a solution for it. And the solution some thousands of years later, <laughs> as God takes a virgin named Mary, and he takes his spirit, his spirit now, and he recreates a brand new man from the physical, from Mary, from the spiritual, from him. He creates a brand new race of human beings so that if you are in Christ, anybody in Christ, you are a brand new creation, one that has never lived before. God solved that. He bridged it. The bridge was broken. The, the link between the material and the spiritual was disrupted. And he became the bridge for you and me. In fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, I want to read this. First Corinthians chapter 15. In verse 45, listen to this. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. And listen to how he refers to his son Jesus. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first. In other words, Adam came first. But the natural but the natural. And after that, the spiritual, what God did in verse 47. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. As is the heavenly man, so are those who are from heaven or of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of Oh, I love it. Of the heavenly man. God combined his own spirit with humanity. And a brand new creation came into existence. The only begotten son of God who would give birth to a whole new race. And that's you and me if you've made Jesus Christ your Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Question. Of the all things that became new, did your thought life? Oh, no, uh, it's just my spirit. It's my spirit. Nothing to do with the way I think or the way I talk or the way I behave. Oh, it's got everything to do with that. <laughs> it's got a lot to do with that. I love walking in the garden with God. 
I watch it, I'll start crying, seriously. Like, I like coming to church, don't get me wrong. And, you know, if I wasn't preaching, when I'm not preaching, I still come to church. I love to worship God. I love to sing, and I love to shout. And I like going to big meetings and singing and shouting with as many people. But, man, there's just nothing like hanging out and having a mature conversation with my Heavenly Father. There's just nothing like it. I hear people talk about a church fix and going to get it, you know, and it's like, go to the club. Just go to the club. Go dance and get drunk. Seriously. This is way different. This is about hanging out. This is about him wanting to share the most intimate thoughts. How he created the universe and what his plan is. How you can think like a king's kid. He can share mysteries. So many people, oh, you know, what about this and what about that? Spend time with God. He'll answer those questions with you. Oh, I don't, you know, if this was true, then how come? Spend time with God. But if you're acting like that little kid, About the only thing that the parent can do, I mean, other than shoot it on YouTube and have some fun and make it a lot, you know, millions of likes off the thing. Like, about the only thing the parent can do, eventually, say, so you got to grow up. Let me, let me get you in school. <laughs> Let's get some education <laughs> into you. <laughs> Let's get you thinking like I think so that you can talk like I talk. And then, of course, you can walk like I walk. Everything is different. And then the people that you hang out with, whatever you're doing with them, you're discipling them. It's simple. It's not a classroom. So I'm just going to create this group, and then I'm going to teach you a whole bunch of stuff. No, be that. Be the person that's in the book. Look in the mirror and ask yourself the question, am I acting, talking, reasoning like this book says or have I got some other deal going on that I'm excusing all the time playing the fool and people going why don't you act your age for goodness sakes what are you doing God just wants to have that intimacy he wants you to have a great life he wants you to have a life of ease so to speak where you've conquered things because he's already conquered those he wants that harmony to come back in there he wants that, but your soul has to prosper in Him or you will never have that. And the soul that's prosperous is a soul that thinks like God. It's a soul that's able to reason through this life and not just talk about money, but talk about money God's way. Not just talk about power. Not just talk about health. Not just talk about sex. Not just talk about relationships. But to, but to see them and talk about them the way that God sees them and talks about them because you've had a conversation with the King of Kings. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, free from dis-ease, just as your soul prospers. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. I'll, I'll identify those for you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. 
Hope you don't mind a, a few scriptures here. But for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Have you ever thought about that? Marrow is the inside of, a, of, a, of the bone. When they used to do sacrifices back then, lay animals on the altar of sacrifice, they had to cut these things up. Butchers today would do that. The Word of God is so sharp that it can even divide between the, the marrow of that bone and the knuckle or, or the joint uh, of that bone. It judges the thoughts and attitudes, reasonings, in other translations says, of the heart. Dull knives just don't cut it. We've got to have the sharpest knife, the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 2.16, listen to this. For who has known the mind of the Lord? So we, as to instruct Him, but we have oh, the mind of Christ. You've got His mind when you begin to hear Him and talk with Him and converse, when you start to grow up. 1 Corinthians 14.15, listen to this. So what shall we do? I will pray with my spirit. Did that this morning. But I'll also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. We check our brain out when it comes to churches. It's just something that I've noticed, and I think, why is that? Romans 8, 26, the same way. The spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. Notice it says the mind. How important is our thought? Well, mind your own is the series. Why are you spending, this is like six or seven in the series. Why are you spending so much time? The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life. And peace. First Thessalonians 5.23 May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ed, <laughs> look, I'm in this with you guys. I just want to let you know that. There's a lot of times where I find myself having a bit of a whinge, <laughs> complaining. Not in all things, not for all things, but in all things, give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you, First Thessalonians 5. Being tempted to join in conversations that God says, no, you, you go there, we're not, we're not talking anymore. <laughs> You go ahead, talk to them about that. Sometimes we need to be like, talk to the hand. I'm not joining that conversation because God's not in it. I'd rather have God in a conversation than leave God out of a conversation. What about you? If you're sitting down with a financial advisor and you're about to invest your life savings, the, the, the advisor might not be a Christian. They're going to give you sound financial advice, you're, you and them. But wouldn't it be nice to have God, at least three brains in there? 
and, and the, the knowledge of this world and investment opportunities and your age, your risk factor, all that kind of stuff. But then God, God speaks. Oh, God can save us so much money. God can warn us and say, it's a Ponzi scheme. Stay out of it. God can save you so much money. God can make you so much money. The world talks about money. The kingdom of God talks about money. Oh, go out, do the bump and grind. Try it before you buy it. Go ahead, sleep together before marriage. How's that working? God says, no, don't, don't do that. Is he in the conversation or is he out of the conversation? You know if you're in sin or not because God's not in the conversation. Real simple. I'd rather have God in the conversation in anything in life. Having, not, having God not in the conversation in anything in life is a dangerous place to be. I just don't know why my life isn't better than it is. I know why. Probably because you're not thinking like God. Well, I don't know. Why am I not thinking? Because you're not in God's Word. And you're not obedient to God's Word. Meditate in my Word day and night. Then you shall make your way prosperous, Joshua 1.8. And then you shall have good success. God's not going to make, make your way prosperous. He says, meditate in my Word day and night. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Abide in me. If my words abide in you, then you will ask whatever you want. It shall be done. How good is that? I don't think life gets any better than that. Think like a king. But I'm going to close this with this because it's called Kings and Kids. Think like a kid. Pastor Ed, you just read to us about when I was a child, I thought I was a child, I talked like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Matthew 18, and we won't go there, but Jesus calls his disciples say, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? Jesus calls a child. He says, okay, you want to be great? Be like this. In fact, you won't even get into the kingdom of heaven if you don't come as a little child. But what do little children do? They imagine. They dream. They turn a stick into a weapon or a cricket bat or a baseball bat or an airplane. I remember my son when he was knee-high to a grasshopper, he had a handkerchief that he used to run around with all the time. Never, always had that hanky. We tried to get him to play soccer. He's out on the soccer pitch. And there he is fighting like bat. He's fighting, he's Batman. He's fighting off all the bad guys, the Joker, the Riddler. <laughs> And the ball would come right to him. Everybody would be yelling, Mitch, the ball! It's like, <laughs> somebody else would have to come over and get the ball. And then they put him at goalkeeper. <laughs> My goodness. Sometimes he actually stopped the ball. <laughs> Just because the ball hit him in the feet. He was always dreaming. Don't be a king that's so conservative that you forget that there's a kid in there that wants to imagine and dream a better future. 
Don't cage the king. Don't cage the kid either. You got both on the inside of you. I'd like our worship team to come up. Thanks. I want to pray for all of us that are here watching. Uh, you know, God wants you to laugh. He wants you to have fun in life. He wants that harmony that they had in the garden. There's no fun in disharmony. God's not asking you to become a stuffy, boring individual. <laughs> he wants us to grow up in king, king thoughts, king reasoning, king conversation. But he doesn't want to squash the kid in you that likes to dream and imagine what could be. In fact, he wants to bring that out. So as we're talking about our thought life and our mind, I wonder if you've maybe gone too far in either direction, maybe just so stupid, silly, you're not dreaming about things, you're just playing the fool, where you need to bring that in, begin to get to think like a king. Or maybe you become so conservative in your life, so religious, you're not actually thinking like a king, you're just talking and thinking like a religious person. God wants get the dream back in your heart. He wants to get your imagination activated so that he can start thinking things through you and you can start seeing things that he's given you in his word. Start to change this world. Start to change your world. I'd like us all to stand here. If you're at home, if you could just get ready to receive something from God, thank you. Because I'm going to pray a prayer. I believe God's going to He's going to touch you wherever you're at. I believe that God has located most of us already. I think most of us during this message would get located. Now the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because <laughs> you can hear a message like this, walk away feeling guilty or something and not change anything. You're not going to get any different result. Or you can say, you know, I'm going to quit blaming the devil. I'm going to quit blaming everybody else. I've been to church. I believe what the preacher said is in the Bible. Therefore, I've got a choice. I'm either going to follow it and do it or I'm going to ignore it, explain it away and go on living as if I was never here. Well, I hope if you're listening to me that you felt a challenge to grow up, to think like a king, reason, have a conversation with the king and to imagine and dream bigger than you've ever dreamed before to be like a little child in that area. Thank you, Father, for every person here. Help us sort out some things, Lord. I pray that we're not only located, but we've got direction. will come to you hearing your word hearing your voice going to much higher conversations with you coming out of those conversations with wisdom about all the things that non-believers talk about oh we'll talk about them but talking about them so differently differently 
that people will want to be around us and we can disciple so many people because we've grown up. Pray for those that are here and those that are listening. If you don't know Jesus, oh, does he want to know you? Well, he does know you, but he wants you to know him in a way that you wouldn't any other way. You've got to ask him into your heart for that conversation to happen. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now. And if you're here or watching online, if you would pray this with me, then God will meet you exactly where you're at. He'll come in. And you'll start to get incredible thought life, inspired and full of faith. And he'll show you how to grow and relate to him. So if you want to pray this prayer with me right now, say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus into my world and creating in me a brand new spirit. Jesus, I ask you into my heart and I thank you that I am now a king's kid. Jesus, expand my imagination. Help me to see what you see. To dream bigger than I've ever dreamed before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really want to encourage you before we go, um, if you're watching on, online or listening to a podcast, uh, please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel and, and also join on uh, Facebook so we can get the word out to more people. Share this message if it's helped you in any way. Uh, make sure that you share that with friends and family um, and subscribe. Also, there's a QR code if you're here on the back of your chair, but also uh, online. And if you use your smartphone, if you have one, That'll, that'll link you up to everything that this church has to offer. We've got an app, City Church app. Uh, so if you just go to City Church Sunshine Coast uh, on YouTube, all the previous messages, including this one, will come up. And uh, we'd really appreciate that. Also, ways of giving uh, that you can partner with us in the greatest uh, partnership ever to get God's word out so that lives can be changed all over this world. Would love to have you as a partner. So ways of giving will also come up. If you can't navigate that and you're here, go to the information desk. They'll help you with that one. And uh, we would just love for you to partner so we can extend God's kingdom and grace further than we've ever gone before. Amen. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.